Coming up in this episode of Not So Secret Dad's Business. So I said, what was the problem? Like, why couldn't you wait? Like, what's the problem? He goes, I thought you were going to forget because we got further and, and, and further away from the place. Now, we wouldn't think about it. But like, our fucking distance to the place has nothing. But a kid's not going to think that way. A kid's going to say, we're getting further and further away from the place. I have to keep bringing it up so he does not forget or so they do not forget. And then you throw in seven-year-old frustration of, I don't want to go in a fucking store and shop. I can see the place with all the fucking slides, right? Are you new to fatherhood? Not sure if you're dadding to your full potential? Well, you've come to the right place. Most dads aren't talking to each other about their lives as dads. Like it's some kind of secret. Well, this is the podcast that takes the secret out of fatherhood. This is Not So Secret Dad's Business. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to another episode of Not So Secret Dad's Business. I haven't got much to update you on this episode either, really. I uh, live a pretty quiet life. I have just transitioned into a new job and I've been focusing a lot on that the last few weeks so social media has sort of dropped off a little bit but I'm trying to keep on top of that and sort of keep you guys filled in with what's going on, give you little snippets out of each episode and if you're not aware I now have a group on Facebook where you can jump in and talk about your parenting life, share your dad jokes, share parenting memes, all that sort of thing so if you want to get involved in that Check out the Not So Secret Dads Business group on Facebook. It's a public group, so anybody's welcome. Also, if you haven't checked out the socials on Instagram and Facebook, you can check out everything that I chuck up there if you just search at Not So Secret Dads Business. Also, guys, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give me a rate and a review. Five stars would be awesome. All right. So anyway, on to this week's episode. I had a good friend of mine back on the show because I needed a devil's advocate. So I called up my mate, Judge Gonzo. Now, if you guys have followed the show, you will have heard Judge before. And I love having him on the show because he has an opinion and he's not scared to share it. So I pretty much had him on and just let him go. Gave him a few things to speak about and I just wanted to hear what he had to say. So, rather than waffling on too much more, let's just get into this week's episode and get us a boatload of judge. Hey Judge, how are you man? Great to see you again, dude. Hold on, if I put five seconds in between that, are you going to get yelled at? Wait, hold on. There. Now people got something to complain about. I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you on the other side of the fucking world? Doing good, man. I'm doing good. Shit's gone a bit crazy again with the the whole COVID situation. But I mean, again, I think this is just an ongoing thing that we're living with, dude. So I actually posted the other day, like I likened it to Pokemon. Like, I feel like they're just all evolutions of the other one. Like, when do I get my master trainer badge? Like, because I had 19, right? I had the OG version and then it evolved and then it evolved again. Like, when do I get my own gym? Like, that's what I know nothing about. Like, my son likes Pokemon. And I know a bunch of friends who do it. I know nothing about it, but I imagine that that's, that's what's next. So what's the one after this? Because Sarah's in the sciences. You know, my girlfriend is in the sciences and stuff. And she said, for all the people who don't want to get vaccinated, this is the one that they want to get. 
because it's the tamest one. It's also jumping into people like a fucking phantasm, dude. Like now, man, like all rules don't even fucking apply anymore. Like you're getting it wherever the fuck you go. Like it's crazy. But at least if you get it now, at least if you get this one, you can build up something towards it. And at this point, I don't care if these people are like, oh, see, I didn't get it. I'm fine. Fine. Fucking own it. Can we just get back to fucking normal? Because that's the only thing I want. Yeah, I hear you, man. Look, with like, with our, the, the latest variant, I mean, we've opened up again, but we've got uh, our state, New South Wales, has like 8.2 million people or something like that. And we're getting like 20,000 new cases a day. That's the highest it's ever been, you know? Yep. Yep. And all my friends who are vaccinated got like a teacher I work with, a bunch of teachers I got, got it. But they had it for two days. They had the sniffles and they're fine. As opposed to the people I know who aren't vaccinated and guys, dude, they went down for like two weeks. Now, it's not what it used to be, which was what, 45 days, 60 days. You can't fucking smell shit. You can't taste shit. You can't breathe. Like, that's the ver- like I had that version where I couldn't even get up and walk around. So and then you had to stay the fuck away from everybody because it would kill motherfuckers. So I was like, look, if this is the worst it's doing, maybe this is the Peter off finally, because I just want I don't know, man. It's just like I'm back to teaching from home, dog. I'm fucking home again. For real. What's up, bro? Oh, you're out of tablet time? Well, tough. <laughs> I'm busy right now. I'll have to fix that for you later. All right. I'm sorry. I can't do anything right now. I'm using my phone as a camera. And that's, and that, sir, is discipline right there. Ain't nothing I can do for you. Look, you ran out of time? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> it's a perfect segue. It's a perfect segue. Yeah. So, look, man, the reason I thought I'd talk to you about this is because, obviously, discipline with, with kids could be a touchy subject. We all do it differently. A lot of people are sort of just going off of, oh, well, this is how I raised. I came out fine and I'm parenting the same way my parents did, that sort of thing. But I hadn't had a situation the other day, right? And this is where all this comes from, is that my son wanted to sleep on the floor of our bedroom because we've got an air conditioner, a small portable air conditioner in there. And being summer, like it's, it's warming up. And especially up on the second story of, of the house, you know, it, it gets warm. Yeah. Heat rises. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I um, I'd said to him, no, nah, look, man, you're going to sleep in your room tonight. It's not hot enough. Like, it's not that hot. Just you can sleep in your bed. You know, good night. And that was it. So I've left the room. Ten minutes later, he's still crying. And my, my partner, Christine, she's gone up the stairs and gone, hey, man, what are you crying about? So he's come halfway down, had the same conversation with her. She sent him back to bed. Now, when we've gone to bed, we found him camping out on the floor in our room, right? So he's completely just gone over our heads and just done what he wanted in the first place. So the next day, we've woken up and we've had a chat. And I said, hey, man, if I could refund these zoo tickets, we wouldn't be going today. So I'm going to think about this because you've disobeyed us both. There has to be some consequences here. This shit's not going to fly. If you're not going to listen to mum and dad, there's something going to happen. So 10 minutes later, the wife is, or partner's turned around. She's gone, hey, look, I can reschedule. So we're not going to the zoo today. We'll go in a couple of days. But he don't know that. But he didn't know that. So I called him in. I'm like, hey, man, look, mum and dad have had a talk. We're not going to the zoo today. Zoo's cancelled. Yeah. And so straight away, I felt terrible because this kid's like, oh, I'm so mad at myself. I'm a bad kid. I hate myself. Why did I have to do this? And so, again, I was straight on the phone to my mum. I'm like, hey, does the punishment fit the crime here? And she's like, yeah, but this is this is what it is being a parent. You've got to do things that you don't like. Right. You're going to feel shitty about things like that. So, I mean, how would you have tackled the situation like that with your son? 
All right. So we had a similar situation, but also, all right. So to circle all the way back, our parents told us, you know, you should do it the way that we did it or whatever. And anyone that says now I parents the same way my parents, that's bullshit because 20 years ago, if you sent a kid to their room and didn't let them go outside, they were fucked. They had nothing. Now you send a kid to their room. It's party time. They got a gaming computer. They got this, they got that. So what are you going to do? Take everything away from them. Like, so now the old trope of you, uh, I parent the same way my parents parented. It doesn't fucking apply. Every time something new comes in, every time a generational switch, like our kids got way more bullshit going on in their head because of the access to the internet, right? So your parenting style needs to evolve with the fucking time. So you can take some of the old shit, but like it needs to evolve to new shit. So we went to the mall, me, Sarah, and Hunter. And Hunter wanted to go to this place, Billy B's. I don't know if everything's similar to you. It's indoor slides and a trampoline. It's fucking nuts, dude. It's awesome. He wanted to go. I said, buddy, we're going to go. Now we're walking around the mall. Sarah and I want to do some shopping. And I said, as soon as we're done shopping, we're going to go. Every store that we went into, he was like, oh, my God, this is the fucking worst. Well, not fucking. Oh, my God, this is the worst. Oh, I don't know. This is crazy. Blah, blah, blah. So finally, I turned around. I said, now we're not going. Okay. Same way you did it. He starts crying. Crying in the mall. Crying hardcore. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So I did not cancel it. Instead, I pulled him to the side. I sat him down. I said, Relax. And talk to me because a lot of times kids will do shit for something that makes sense to them. They just can't vocalize it. So I said, what was the problem? Like, why couldn't you wait? Like, what's the problem? He goes, I thought you were going to forget because we got further and, and, and further away from the place. Now, we wouldn't think about it, but like, our fucking distance to the place has nothing. But a kid's not going to think that way. A kid's going to say, we're getting further and further away from the place. I have to keep bringing it up. So he does not forget or so they do not forget. And then you throw in seven-year-old frustration of, I don't want to go in a fucking store and shop. I can see the place with all the fucking slides, right? So after I talked to him and I got that information out, which I did not have before, I said, now I understand your point. Because I talked to my kid, like I, I treat him like a kid, but I talk to him as if he's going to be an adult one day because he will. Yep. So when I found out, because again, it's like, um, it's like a sociopath, right? You ask sociopath question, you're going to get this answer. You ask any other normal person, get this answer because the brains are on two different wavelengths. Kids are the fucking same way. He literally thought that if we left the vision of this place, he was getting further and further away and we were not going to take him. So in the back of his head, he's like, I'm not going, right? So as soon as I sat him down, got that, he shook it off. He apologized. We went. But I wouldn't have known that. And it's not like the kid's savvy enough to come up with that on the fucking spot. Like, that's a kid answer. He gave me the answer that he genuinely thought was going to happen. And the further and further away we got to shop and the more places that we added to, he's a kid, dude. His patience is going to be. Name me fucking five kids that have the patience of a saint. They don't because they get it. You tell them they're going on a fucking slide. You got to tell them that shit on the way to going to the fucking place. Because if you tell them first, that's on you as parents. You can't tell a kid at the end of today, we're going to go to this place because then that kid all fucking day is going to want to go there. And then it's not his fault. Like you can't tell a kid, you know, you should really learn patience. A fucking kid does not know patience. They have to learn it over time through experiences like this. So, so the devil's advocate piece is this. Why did the kid want to stay in your room in the first place? Because it wasn't about being hot. I'm telling you right now, had nothing to do with like earlier that day. Did he have a dope day with you? They, did you do dad son stuff? Like what happened that day? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I don't really going back and thinking on it. I can't quite remember what we got up to. But I mean, 
before before Christmas, you know, we had been having him camp in our room because it was so damn hot. And I've, I've come down to the fact that maybe it was just the novelty of it and that we were all together, you know, and yeah. And that's what it was. He just wanted to be together. And it's a bit of fun. He's camping on the floor. Yeah, it was a lead up, dude. It wasn't it, like it could have been fucking perfect. Like you could have walked in his room. It could have been paradise. Had nothing to do with the heat, dude. Nothing to do with the heat. He had a bunch of times where he got an opportunity to be with his dad and be with his mom in the same room. He's going to want that shit all the time. So I think if you would have been like, yo, it's not about the heat, is it? Like in that in that frustration, yelling and screaming, he might have been like, no, I miss hanging out in the room because we were doing that. So I don't think it was about the heat at all. And I don't think he was doing it out of disrespect. I think he was doing it because he just wanted to be in that central place. Now, a kid's not going to do that the right way. Of course, he's going to try and sneak in. That's what a fucking kid does. Like Hunter used to do that shit all the time. Like I'd be sleeping, like I'd bring Sarah into the room and like we'd want to go to bed. And he's like, dad, there's there's something moving in my room. Man, ain't nothing moving in your room. Oh, dad, that, that thing on the wall scares me. Like you fucking painted it. What do you mean it's scaring you? He just wanted that constant connection. Because as soon as he wakes up in the morning, first thing he does is come into the room. It's not like... He don't turn on a video game. He wants to be around me. He wants to be around Sarah. Like, that's what he does. So I don't think this shit had to do with the heat at all. I just think he had such a cool bonding experience over that, that instead of being like, oh, like I told you to do something you didn't be like, listen, we know that shit was fun. We're going to continue to do it. Today's not that day, but we'll mark on the calendar when the next time is. Now you turn that crazy energy of like, I'm not a good kid. I'm not a good kid. Cause that's why he said that shit. I think that he said that he's not a good kid because he was in there when you guys were rocking out and all of a sudden you don't want him to be in there anymore. Now he thinks he's doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, look, I hadn't looked at it that way. Um, I mean that, that night that we, we had that issue. I had told him as I'm putting him to bed, it was like, Hey, look, I'll have a chat to mum tomorrow. I will talk about whether you can camp out there tomorrow night, but tonight's not the night, you know? Um, and again, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to punish him because I thought he was being disrespectful or anything like that. It was, no, he just did something you told him not to do that. Yeah. It was purely the lesson of disobedience. Right. And it's, it's like I said to him afterwards, once everything had calmed down and we we're all happy families again, I was like, look, man, I didn't, I didn't tell you, you weren't in trouble because of what you did or what you didn't do. It was because you did something that mum and dad said not to do. Yeah. I said, now, as much as doing the right thing sucks sometimes, that's what we have to do. Right. I said, there are always going to be consequences if you don't do the right thing. I put that in quotations there. I said, like, for example, I said, I don't want to go to work every day, but it's a hell of a lot easier going to work every day than it is dealing with the consequences. Right. And I said, if I don't go to work, what do you think the consequences are? And he goes, well, you'll get fired. I went, yeah. And then I won't have I won't money. get paid. Yeah. I won't have money for rent. I won't have money for food. I won't, as I said, I won't have money to buy you clothes or toys or anything like that. Yeah. I said, so the consequence is worse than doing the right thing. Right. And that's the way you're supposed to do it. Cause the kid's not going to understand. Like Hunter asked me, he's like, well, can't you just go to the bank and get more money? Cause that's a kid's fucking version. Like they don't understand like, Oh, gross take home and fight. Like they don't get that shit. So the way you did is the way you're supposed to do it. Like, listen, I would love to do nothing more than hang out with you all day. Here are the reasons why. And you break it down and you take it apart and you dissect it. Like a kid will understand it. You like to do stuff with us or go to the zoo, right? Yeah. 
if I don't go to work on these days, like if I don't get a good night's sleep and go to work on these days, I don't have money, which means I don't have money to go to the same thing you just did. Like we enjoy all this shit because adults have to work. Like I can't just go to the bank. It's like I told Hunter, I'm like, Hunter, the bank isn't like a money store. Like I can't just go and ask for fucking money. This shit don't work like that. And he's like, oh, because he didn't fucking know. Dude, like we, we think on adult level. So sometimes we tell a kid something and we're like, why don't you understand this? Because he's fucking seven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why he doesn't understand it. And all he's seeing is the is you putting a card into the machine that's and it. money coming out. Yep. And assuming that that's how we get it. Like I've I've always dealt with my son this way, even from when he was an infant, right? And like like you do, I've I've always talked to him as if he was an adult. And I mean, I've been out and about, even when and when I say infant, I'm talking less than six months old, you know, and I'm talking to him like, come on, buddy. We've got to calm down. I understand this, that, and the other. I'm getting sideways looks going, what the fuck are you doing? He doesn't understand a word you're saying. But the way I figured it was if if I was to do that from day one and just talk to him, he's going to understand as he gets older. He's, he's going to understand a hell of a lot easier as he gets older as well because we've had these conversations. There's so much science that says the longer you baby talk to your fucking kid, your kid is going to be underdeveloped. There's science that backs that up. What all that goo goo gaga bullshit? Like, I'm not saying not be cute to your kid. I'm not saying break things down to them in a way that they understand. But the longer you you train your kid to talk that way, they're not going to know what that next step is. So I'm not saying like, I'm not saying read the Lysistrata to your kid. Like, I get that part. But like, you can't make everything about being about like them being a baby. Right. Like, especially as soon as they start to get older, like they need to understand the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things. Now, you can tell them that in a way that the kid's going to understand. But the more you do that, like baby shit, like it happened with us. Hunter was selectively mute till he was like two and a half. Just didn't talk. He'd grunt for everything or whatever. And we'd give it to him because we were new fucking parents. We thought that's the way the shit went. And then we were like, why is the kid talking? Why is the kid talking? We had a speech therapist come in who did a bunch of cognitive tests. Right. So Hunter wasn't talking. She's like, where's the man? These little dolls. Put the man in front of the woman. Put it in front. Put the dog behind the man. He did that, too. So the kid understood. It wasn't that he didn't understand anything. We would be like, he'd cry. We'd be like, what do you want? Do you want a bottle? Do you want food? Do you want to? So he never had to fucking vocalize anything. As soon as we stopped vocalizing for him, Nanny didn't shut up. Because now we realize I need to do this in order to get it. But like a kid, the longer you treat them that way, the longer they're going to be that fucking way. And then you get a bunch of fucking kids like that we have now. We're like, we are now seeing the response of the everyone gets a trophy generation. Like, look, man, the reason why people want to be in first is because there was a third, because there was a fourth, because there was a fifth. And I'm not saying drill your fucking kid if they don't get first, but like, explain. listen, man, this kid out fucking did you because of these three reasons. I'm going to be proud of you no matter what. Like, I'm that trophy, Right. But like, if you want to get that, you need to work harder. Like, that's just the way it is. I see it all the time. I go into the gym. We're talking dudes who are 125, 130 pounds in like stringer tees, like walking around with like invisible lat syndrome and shit. I'm like, because nobody told you that like, you're not tough. Instead, it was, you're the best. You're the best at everything. Go read Cal Dweck. Anybody that says anything about how to talk to your kids and how to discipline your kids, fucking Dr. Dweck lays it all out. 
She was like, there's a difference between praising your child positively and negatively. If you tell your kid, you create a fixed mindset for your child. If you tell your kid, you're the smartest kid in that class, you're the best at this. What happens when he gets outscored? That kid goes, I'm fucking dumb because you told him that he was the smartest kid in that class. So because you keep saying you're the smartest, you're the best, you're a genius, you're the fastest runner, all this shit, when he gets beat, he doesn't go, now I want to try harder. He goes, I don't want to fucking try at all. And, the, and there's actual science to back that up. So the more we go, you're the best and you got a trophy, it's seven place, it's eight place. That kid's going to go, well, I'm going to get something no matter what. So why the fuck would I ever try to do anything better? Look her up, dude. She's fucking phenomenal. It's called fixed growth mindset work. She talks about being on the refrigerator. She's like, if you hang up nothing but hundreds on the refrigerator, that kid is when he doesn't get on the refrigerator, when she doesn't get on the refrigerator, he's going to be like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough today. And then all of a sudden the grades start going down. Why? Because you put everything on a fucking refrigerator, the perfect picture and all the rest of that shit. And now that kid just strives for that. And when they don't get it, instead of you being like, dude, that was a killer job. You got a 96, man. That was awesome. Let's talk about the four points that you didn't get and why, which is a teachable fucking moment, which is what you're supposed to do with a kid. You go, oh, that's the 96, not going on the refrigerator. And that kid goes, well, fuck. Now, I don't give a fuck about the refrigerator. And you get a background slide for everything. And that's teacher and dad talking to people. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, man. I think... Overcompensation can be just as bad as not doing anything at all, right? You, you can tell your kid, no, oh, sorry, not tell your kid once that you're proud of them or that, you know, you're impressed by what they've done or whatever. They're going to grow up feeling like a worthless piece of shit. Or they turn around and go, I'm like this because my dad told me I'd never accomplish anything. So either way, you're fucked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't do that. But again, putting up all those hundreds and, and stuff like that on the fridge as well, like you said, they're going to stop trying and they're going, well, I didn't get 100 today. So my mom and dad don't care. I'm worthless. Who gives a shit? That's right. Because the kid's not going to cognize why it happened. He's just going to say, I didn't go on the fridge or that picture didn't go with him to work. And if a kid starts to produce less than what you think he does go, you know what? This is good. But what was different from the first one that you did? Like you have to show them the difference between the two. Because if the kid does this and you say, it's great, it's the best. And then he does something that wasn't like the first one. You say, this is great. This is the best. You start to lower his bar his or her bar of fucking expectations. And then when they start shoveling you shit, they go, well, you said everything was the fucking best. Now you're fucked. Now you're fucked. Fuck, that's that's giving me a lot to think about as well, dude. So this is why I love talking to you, man. I always, always start thinking from a different perspective. I'm telling you, man, when I was in fourth grade and finally got honor roll because I met a teacher that turned it all around, in fourth grade, she told me, you want to be a teacher? I said, yeah, because that's when I knew. She was like, minor or double major in psych? So are you fucking serious? She's like, yeah, you won't be a psychiatrist. You won't be a psychologist, but minor or, or pull a double major in psych. So I did. And then when you start to realize the thought process of kids in your class, you start to realize how you can't teach this one the same way you teach that one. Like it was taught to us. Our teachers didn't give a shit. Either you got it or you didn't get it. But in order to reach a myriad of people at their own speed, like my old principal is now the mayor of Newark, the place I work in. Roz Braca, guy's fucking amazing. He said, as a teacher, you need to be able to run next to your fastest student while simultaneously walking next to your slowest. You have to do that because you can't teach everybody the same way. If people apply that in everything, including their kids, their friends, everything, that's something that can be applied to everybody. Like 
you got different groups of friends, right? Like, like groups of friends that never met each other. Yep. There's gotta be a reason for it because like I have my LARP nerd friends who are fucking great. I got my cosplay friends who are great. I also got fucking OG savages who used to beat people up in the street. They're not going to get along. So those groups don't really like, maybe there's some carryover, but you're not going to be like, Hey, let's go out. Cause all my old friends are going to want to fucking go down the shore and beat people up. And all these kids are gonna be like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons. Now I can go in between those, but they can't. So it's kind of the same, same thing. You have to treat this group with this version of you, this group with this version of you, because they like you for the fact that you stand in the middle. Kids are the fucking same way. Yep. Yep. Well, coming back to the, the participation trophy as well, we're, we're teaching my son. I'm trying to teach my son about competition, right? And how it, it can be healthy. Now, I mean, again, I, I get the inclusivity of a, of a participation trophy. Maybe at the end of a season or something, you know, if the kids say the whole team did really well and, and they've exceeded last year's expectations or whatever, I think it's important to, to sort of uh, acknowledge that, but just giving it to them for the sake of giving, giving it to them, like you said, it, it just teaches them the wrong, the wrong thing. So every Saturday we're down at the, the local track because my son's now doing little athletics because nice. we were tired of him tearing around the house, running tracks in my carpet. Of know? course. Yeah. So we're there and one week he's running and he's going down the track, looking around to see where all the other kids are on the track. And then he's coming in last and he felt like trash about it. He's like, Oh dad, all these kids are faster than me. I thought I was fast. I said, yeah, okay, but what are you doing on the track that's not helping you run fast? He goes, I don't know. Look at where they are. <laughs> I said, you're looking where these other kids are, buddy. I said, now, you've got to think of it this way, is if you can see them, they're ahead of you. You need to catch up. If you can't see them, they're obviously behind you. Don't worry about what the other kids are doing. You've just got to look at those gates and you've got to run. So now that he has actually you know, stopped looking around, he's getting new personal bests. And he's like, hey, dad, I've got a new PB. I've got a new, I was, hey, you feel, you, you feel good about yourself now, right? Because you're forgetting about everybody else on the track. This is not about them. Forget about, this is about you and getting your best time. You don't have to be the first person over the line, but get your best time. That's it. So there's a baseball player named Ricky Henderson. Guy had more stolen bases. I think like pr practically double than the people. Like homeboy was still stealing bases near 50. And we're talking second to third, too, not just first to second. This motherfucker was fast, dude. Watch any guy stealing bases. You know what they don't do after they take off? They don't look at the pitcher, and they don't look at the catcher. They look at the fucking base, because as soon as you move, you're, you're, you're less focused on what you're doing. All them cats running from first to second, they never, ever look at fucking home plate. They don't care where the ball is. They know that that's the signal that they got, and they got a whole last to second. Every once in a while, you see them move. When I used to do it and I used to look, I got yelled at by my coach. He's like, you slow down because you looked. There's one thing that you got to look at, fucking second base. That's it. And you'll fucking get there. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. But at least you know you're not losing speed because you're worried about what the fuck is going on over there. It's like driving a car, right? If you're driving a car and you move your eyes, your, your body goes where your eyes go. That's why people are veering off the fucking shit. Just look at what the fuck you're doing. Back when I was powerlifting, my coach Gino was like, benching was always a mental thing for me. 
I could do 315. As soon as I put on 325, couldn't fucking do it. My coach Gino was like, he's like, you're worried about that. He's like, here's what I want you to do. When you lay down the bench, look at one thing for now, for the rest of the life that we're together, look at one spot in the gym. That's the spot I want you to focus on when you lift. Fix the fucking problem. Because now my brain wasn't worried about the amount of weight. It was worried about that one thing on the wall. Could have been anything. And then I learned that in performance poetry. I learned that in everything. You pick a spot when you have to focus. You just focus on that spot. And your brain is so busy focusing on that spot that everything else just kind of happens. But if you're running track and you're looking all over the place, you're losing Speed, because every time you look, your body is shifting in that direction. Of course, you're going to lose some, unless you're Usain Bolt. And that motherfucker, he ran that one race, and he did turn. He turned and posed for the camera while running. Cat had the fucking thing in the bag, but, like, also, there's only, like, one of him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but what you did to him is how you're supposed to fucking do it, dude. Be like, yeah, you're the fastest person right now. That's fucking awesome on this team. But remember, if you use that as a way to get lax about it, you're going to start getting trounced by people because you're not training the same way. You could be a natural at something, but practice always beats natural talent. Look at this fucking asshole, Colin McGregor. Colin McGregor had, what, eight fights in fucking 15 years or something? Or like eight years or whatever it is, dude. He got his fucking leg broken. He's getting beat up all over the place. Why? Because he started to worry about the showboat and shit. And after a while, people didn't give a fuck about the showboating anymore. Yeah, that's right, man. And that's I've said that for a long time about about Connor is is that it was that 2017 fight with with Mayweather yeah that just shot everything out of the water for him in my opinion yeah because he got that first hundred mil and then that's all he was focused on was making more millions he's not fighting anymore because he he loves it maybe he still loves the game I don't know I'm not Connor not like that no he's not as dedicated as he was when he was featherweight champion and then lightweight champion and and became double champ that was it's almost like that was his pinnacle he reached that and then everything after that was just a money grab he got his hundred hundred million dollars from from the mayweather fight and then he started building an empire. And now he's not focused on fighting. He's got a clothing line. He's got a whiskey. And that's great because he hustled it into something else. But here's what I said, because I was trained boxing growing up, loved watching boxing growing up, still do. Like, I'll watch old school knockouts. Like, I'll watch fucking, I'll watch Roberto Durant. Like, I'll watch Savages, right? And I'm just like, what I think they should do is whatever the loser gets, roll that into a grand purse. One person gets the fucking money. The other person doesn't get shit. You just got beat the fuck up because you lost. That's it. When this asshole, Jake Paul and his brother and the whole fucking family walking around with fucking like gold medallions on, bro, you fought six times, dude. You fought six times against bums. You haven't even fought a boxer yet. You're fighting bums. But they make money even when they lose. So if you're making money when they lose, I'll go in and get fucking beat up by someone for fucking three rounds, 10 rounds, 12 rounds, whatever the fuck. Because now it's not even a, a sport anymore. Now it's just whatever the fuck. It, dude, I don't even know what it is anymore, dude. I don't. Watch like Tyson's first run. Tyson had 15 fights in his first, in 1984 alone, right? Or 94, or whatever it is. In, in one fucking year, he had the amount of fights that, that Conor McGregor fought in his entire fucking career. So when people are like, well, you know, Tyson was flashy too. Yeah. And he started to lose. 
Those last years of his life, he started to fucking lose and he started to fight chumps. But if you listen to Hot Boxing, his podcast, when he talks about boxing, he gets up out of his seat. He loves the sport, dude. He loves the fucking sport. You listen to these jerk offs talking about they're more worried about how many girls they got on the beach around them putting up fucking sky writing against their fu- dude. They don't give a fuck about the sport. They want to get paid for the sport. They don't care about the sport and all that fucking pre fight bullshit nose to nose and fucking flexing and yelling at each other. I can't stand that shit, dude. I can't like I know that's a part of the game is getting inside your opponent's head. I get it. But that's proved to only work for so long until you get your fucking leg broken. Yep. Then all that shit is, is I, I, I don't know, man. I think the loser shouldn't get shit. I think they should get a dollar and be like, train harder. Yeah, fair enough. But again, I think Conor McGregor here is a good example about what we're getting at, about, you know, focusing on what the, what the goal is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to teach my son now. Uh, at first, it was just to get him down to the track burn off some energy so he's not running tracks into my carpet. And now and now it's good. We're, we're having some teachable moments. I'm learning a lot because I know nothing about sports. I've never been an athletic person. I mean, I struggle to go see my PT once a week, you know, because I'm, yeah, yeah, that's just who I am. I'm an indoor person. I was a bookworm as a kid and shit like that. But, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the under sixes manager. I'm taking care of a dozen boys and, and be in that role model of, okay, look. And a, a lot of the time, if they get personal bests, hey, buddy, you got a personal best. And then another kid will pipe up, did I get a personal best? No, not this week. And they'll get upset. And it's like, no, no, don't get upset now because all this means is that you need to try harder next week and you might get that personal best. Yeah, you explain it. Like, why do you think football players watch game tape? Like, why do you think boxers watch fucking tape of a person that they're going to fight? Because they're training to fight that fucking person. Or, oh, you stepped to the left or you dipped instead of whatever. Like, you have to do that stuff, right? Like, you have to be critical of yourself through a lens of I'm not the best. I'm not because someone else is going to someone right now while you're dancing around in your fucking crocodile shoes and all the rest of that shit. There's a motherfucker training that's going to kill you. He's going to kill you because while you're busy dancing and fucking putting on fucking TikTok videos and all the rest of that shit, this motherfucker's working. And then you're going to step in the ring with him. and He's going to turn you into fucking sauce, dude. He's going to turn you into fucking sauce. Yeah. And, and Tyson did the same thing. He used to say, I'm out running at four in the morning. I know my opponent's still in bed sleeping. Yeah. So I've already, you know, he's saying I've already won that mental game because I know I'm already out working. Yeah. There's, um, and anybody listen, I highly recommend it. There's a guy named Eric Thomas. He does motivational speaking all around the world. The dude used to eat out of fucking trash cans. The dude was living in his, his car and shit like that. Now he makes millions of dollars just walking around. He's got a video called What's My Why? This dude talks about the importance of having a why in mind. Like I get up in the morning, I go to work because why? Because I need a better life for me and my kid. So whenever I don't want to do something, I think about that why. I visualize it. I put it up somewhere, and I'm like, that's why I'm doing it. Like, fucking sobriety. I know we're both doing that, right? That why is because I cannot go back to being a shit dad. I need to continue to be a great dad. So so being a dad and a better person and all that shit, those all become whys. If you don't have a why, you're not doing shit. 
You're just spinning your wheels every day. People are like, oh, it's fucking Monday again. Stop complaining about motherfucking Monday. You know the shit comes all the time. And people are like, oh, well, I put it up as a joke. Yeah, but when you put it up as a joke, mentally, you believe it. I never put up shit about, oh, it's fucking Monday again. No fucking shit. You know why? Because that's the way the calendar goes, motherfucker. <laughs> Monday is always going to come here. But if you only look forward to the weekends, all the shit that happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, whether it's good or not, you're going to be like, yeah, that was good, but I can't wait for the weekend. Like, why can't you just live in whatever moment that you're in and enjoy that fucking moment? But like, he talks about all that shit, man. Like the line in the gazelle, like he goes for, 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 for dude, all that stuff. All that stuff. Watch that shit, dude. He's got a bunch of motivational videos out there. Cat is like, yo, he'll get you up out of your seat at home alone. Like you'll be fucking ready to go. Yeah, but you got to have that that why in mind. So if the kid takes gold, that's great. But why are you doing it though? Dad, because I want to run for a career. I want to be a marathon runner. Okay, let's start building them steps on how to do it. I'm not saying get rid of everything else in your life, but like, all right, so if your why right now is I want to be a marathon runner, how do we get there? What do we need to do to get there? Because if you're just doing it for fun, do it for fun, then fun is your why. I'm doing it to have fun. That means when you lose, you shouldn't be pissed off about it because you're doing it for fun. But you should always have a why going into everything. Absolutely. And that's one thing I've been learning, actually, as of late myself, dude. I've, I feel like I'm so behind the, the eight ball in life because I'm 35 and I'm only just learning this stuff, you know. But that's one thing that sort of... Again, we were before we started recording. You know, we were talk, I was talking to you about how uh, I took a break with the show, and and I took a massive gut punch because I, I heard a critic and I went, "Ah, what I'm doing is shit." And I look, man, I was ready to pack it in. I'll be honest, I was ready to pack it in, but I had to come back and say, "Why am I doing this?" That's and it. I had other dads coming out of the woodwork, going, "Hey, man, look, what you're doing is great. We need something like this. Like, keep it up." I'm like, fuck, that's my why. Like my why in the beginning, it was ne it's never been about me. It's never been about trying to become famous or popular or anything like that. It's just about talking to other dads, having these conversations and putting it out there for other dads to benefit from. Yeah. Now, if, now if, if your why was going to be like, I'm going to start podcasting and be fucking the next Joe Rogan. I'm going to have a gazillion followers. I'm going to make a gazillion dollars then you need to put in the legwork to do that, right? But if your why is, dude, I got 50 people listening, maybe they tell somebody, maybe they don't. But when you get that message of someone, it's like, dude, I had a miserable fucking week. Like it was a terrible fucking week. Everything went wrong. I look forward, I need this show because this show makes me just fucking wipe the slate clean so I could start all over again. You can't put a price on that. No fucking critic. No, dude, a critic's job, I think it was Martin Lawrence said it. Dude, a critic ain't about shit. A critic's job is to poo-poo something that they don't do because you're doing it. Like, no critic is ever like, this is the greatest fucking thing in the world. They're, they're, it's their job to find something. So it doesn't matter what this fucking dude is. Who gives a shit, dude? If you're doing it because you enjoy doing it and you, you don't want a million dollars, you don't want to build an empire, you want to help a couple dads out every once in a while some reach out to you this is great you're talking fuck it if no one listens and you record it and you feel better about whatever's going on in your life afterwards guess what fucking job done it doesn't matter what anybody says about your shit who fucking cares dude like and think about it this way think about how many writers like 
the uh, the Duffer brothers that made fucking Stranger Things. The Duffer brothers sent it to umpteen fucking studios, got turned down fucking everywhere because some jerk off critic or some producers like no one's ever going to watch this show. Now they got fucking five seasons. They got merch all over the place to get. That's what. And people told them no. People told them no. So you pack in that no and you go, well, this is why I'm doing it. Not because of whatever this jerk off says. And I'm going to keep doing this because I owe it to myself and the people that listen. So it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. Now, if you wanted to turn it around into an empire, yeah, that's when you start paying people to be like, I know this is your specialty. You've done this before. It's like when an administrator comes into my room who's never taught. They went from regular school to grad to college to graduate school in order to be an administrator, but they've never walked into a classroom. What do you think they're going to give you? They're not going to give you classroom fucking experience. They're going to give you what some fucking book told you how to do. So if you got a critic that's never done a podcast, now he wants to be a critic of fucking podcast. Or if you got someone who wants to criticize movies that never wrote a movie and doesn't understand their fucking opinion is bullshit. Now, if they come up with something, you go, huh, you know, I didn't think about that, but my children in school, my 14 year olds, my 15 year olds, they don't even say, I don't like this. Why? Because they know they have to give a hot and cold criticism. If someone is doing that, now they're worth something. If it's just someone who's like, well, I understand. Well, why are you doing it? Well, why are you doing that? And you explain and that explanation is good enough for them, fuck them. Because all they wanted to do is shit on your stuff in the first place. So fuck him and everybody else just like him. Who gives a shit? If people who listen to your show like your show and send you messages, that's why you fucking do it. And that becomes your why. So fuck everybody else. That's it, man. That's it. And that's and that's the conclusion I came to was it was a case of, OK, I can't I can't just shit can this because of one asshole. You know, I've got a it's it's more beneficial. It's beneficial for more people than it is for that one critic to shit on me. You know, so that's where I was like, OK, now I remember my why I'm doing I'm not doing it because, again, I was just I, I didn't even care in the beginning if anybody listened. Right. You know. I was just putting shit out into the ether. And if people found it and they listened, well, fucking awesome, whatever. It, when I go to AA meetings, because we're both program people, when I go to AA meetings, sometimes I don't even talk. I'm going to the meeting because I need the meeting. I need to hear other people talk. I don't have to say shit. And I leave feeling better. Not just about not drinking. I feel better about everything. There's times I get in the fucking arguments with Sarah or I got a shitty day or whatever. I go to a, listen to a bunch of ex-drunks talk I come out feeling great. Like it's not about what I'm getting out of it. Like it's not about what I'm putting into it. It's what I'm getting out of it. So if I feel great afterwards, that's why I did it in the first place. We were having an argument about something completely fucking unrelated to drinking. Nothing to do with it. I wasn't like, now I want to drink. Had nothing to do with that. I'm like, you know what? I need a meeting right now. I went to a meeting, came out of it, fucking feeling great because I prioritized whatever my shit was. And now I feel better when I left. So when you're having a bad day, you're like, I have a platform. I got podcasts, right? I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to bitch and fucking vent about everything that I got going on. And I'm going to come out feeling better. And maybe what you said, when someone listens, one person, 10 people, however fucking many people, when they listen, they go, fuck, I had that same fucking problem last week. Now the thing that you love to do and you did because of other people now resonated with somebody else. 
And that it costs way fucking more than some jerk off being like, so what does the secret mean? It's secret. Ba-. Dude, a fucking a, 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 a 13 year old who just took language arts class for the first time will be able to figure out what the fuck that means. Dickhead. The top part is in parentheticals. The bottom is you can't figure that out. Fuck that guy, dude. Who gives a shit? <laughs> And anybody who doesn't tell you directly and wants to fucking hide and be a keyboard commando will be like, well, then your opinion doesn't mean anything anyway because you're not telling me. That's it, man. That's it. Well, anyway, look, just one last thing before I let you go, dude, because I did want to we, – we've sort of gone off on, on a tangent, and I, that's why I love – Shocker. Yeah, I know. I love talking to you about shit like this. But, look, there was one other thing that I saw today online on facebook in a dad's group and i wanted to sort of get your opinion on this all right so a dad put up a post about disciplining his two-year-old and he was saying look the kid kicks he spits he has tantrums and i'm spanking him but nothing's working well, it, it there's a fucking work. problem what am i doing what do i do right and i saw one dad he he, he didn't give any constructive advice but all he all he said was oh yeah great great parenting you know to you know you're trying to discipline violence with violence like what the hell are you trying to tell the kid right but he didn't give any fucking idea on how to fix it he just wanted to shit on something no that's right so that that sort of that rubbed me the wrong way the original post sort of rubbed me the wrong way as well but i sort of i, I took it and i went well look man you got to look at this. The kid's two years old. He's dealing with a lot of emotions and working through a lot of shit that he's never dealt with before and does not have the vocabulary to express it. I said, so you've got two. And I learned this with um, when I was talking to Shane Pretner on this show. I think it was uh, the first episode I did with him. We were talking about tantrums and he, he was saying that there are two types of tantrums that kids will have. There is a logical tantrum and an emotional tantrum. Sure. So an emotional tantrum, obviously acting out because they don't know how to handle those emotions. They're frustrated by those emotions. They're acting out. Right. A logical tantrum is kind of like what what Hunter did in in the mall the other day was that there was something to gain out of that tantrum. Right. He started acting out because he said, no, we're not going. And so now he's going to act out because he wants to get something out of that. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. a lot you've got to handle them completely differently. So, what I'd said to this guy was like, so work out what kind of tantrum this kid's having first. What's the reasoning behind it? If it's an emotional tantrum, sit there, be there with your kid. If they're spitting and kicking, who gives a shit? That's the only way of communicating how they're feeling right now. Yeah. You need to yeah. be their safe space. Bring them in, regulate them, and help them just calm down and once calm down you can sort of obviously you can't have those conversations that i'm having with my five-year-old now but even like i was when he was an infant go hey look it's okay we all have to have these big feelings you're with dad we're safe right dude kids at that age feel energy like they might not understand what you're saying to them, but it's like the same thing. If a kid falls and a bunch of people freak out, the kid's going to freak out because you freaked out, not because he's hurt because he fell. So a kid is going to feel that energy. If you come at him calm, the kid will fucking calm down. That's right. That's right. And that's the point I was trying to get to with, with, with that. Uh, but the other, on the other hand, you've got a logical, a logical tantrum. You've said, no, we're not doing this. They throw a tantrum. 
They've thrown that tantrum to get you to flip the narrative and flip your own narrative and go, okay, let's just do what you want to do. But the way I would handle that, and this is what I told this guy was, I would put him on the naughty chair. He was two, he'd be there for two minutes, but that timer wouldn't start until he was calm and quiet. Yeah. Once that two minutes done, I'm there with him. Okay. Now, the reason you sat on the naughty chair was because, you know, dad said this, you reacted this way, and that's not how we, 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 we're going to get what we want. You know, this behavior is not on. And, and so, yeah, I, I was like, look, this is what I think you need to do. And he's like, oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. And another thing I said as well, I said spanking, in my experience, doesn't work. I said, my father hit me not just spanked me, but I would cop a flogging. Yeah. I said, I'm now in a position where I don't speak to my father and I don't really have anything nice to say about him either. So if you want to keep doing what you're doing, that's going to be your future. But yeah. until you learn some new tactics, man, you're uh, sadly you're fucked. Well, look, unfortunately, spanking doesn't make them not want to do it again. Spanking makes them afraid of doing it again. So they don't understand why they're not doing it. They just go, if I do this again, I'm going to get hit. That's not teaching them anything. That's teaching them that if I do something wrong, there's going to be a painful consequence. Not every consequence is like that. So if a kid does something wrong and you swat him on the ass for, for like play, like for fun, right? But it becomes a teachable moment, you'll be okay. But if the kid, especially at two, is getting hit, First of all, spanking ain't going to change a two-year-old's behavior. A two-year-old is just going to be like, I just got hit. He, he's not, dude, what does this guy want? A fucking PowerPoint presentation by his two-year-old to explain, dad, this is why I did what I did. He ain't going to fucking do that. All, all hitting does is make them afraid to get hit, but not to do it again. Instead, they want to do it again. They just don't want to get caught because they don't want to get hit. But if they don't understand why they shouldn't do it again, they're going to keep doing it. It's just going to be a repeated behavior until they get it. Exactly. Man. And uh, uh, this is where it's beautiful. It comes full circle because it comes back to what we were saying earlier, where we're having just having that conversation. The kid is thinking in a completely different way than what we're thinking. Yeah. And, and it's a case of just trying to put yourself in the kid's shoes and work out, okay, where are they coming from? And, and tackling it that way. If you want an experiment here, put on sound dampening headphones, put on a blindfold and put tape over your mouth. Now wait and try and tell someone you're hungry. You're not going to be able to fucking do that. Instead, you might be pointing at your mouth like a fucking kid would because a kid can't tell you what the fucking problem is. So if you're getting mad at that and you put yourself in a situation where you have to try and now tell me something with all that stuff dampened, like fucking Harrison Bergeron, like you got to try and dampen everything to try and get me to understand something that the kid's brain understands. But he doesn't understand how to tell you properly. You are literally now at this point hitting and disciplining them because they don't have the words to tell you what the fuck is going on. That, that's just unfair. Like I'm telling you, wrap your whole fucking shit up and try to tell someone that you got to pee. You can't fucking do that, dude. You're going to be racing around pissed off because people don't understand you. Adults do it too. If I'm trying to get a fucking point across to somebody and they don't get it, I'm going to get frustrated because they don't get it. And I have the words to explain it to them. Yeah. If you take away the words to explain it to them and you're trying to fucking explain it and people aren't getting it, of course the kid is going to fucking freak out because the kid knows what they want, but they just can't tell you what it, the fuck it is. You can't discipline them for that. 
You got to sit down and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to hold things in front of you. You tell me what the problem is. Maybe you come across fucking juice and he's like, and he takes it. Okay. Now the kid gets it. He can't be like, father, today I would like juicy juice or fuck it. He's not going to be able to do that. So you have to give them the option to try and get it out somehow. If they reach that nuclear point, it's because they've wanted it for a while and they can't fucking tell you what it is. That's why kids go nuclear. Imagine being, again, dumb, deaf, and blind and trying to explain someone what you fucking want. That's pretty much the life that a fucking child lives. Absolutely. He doesn't have the fucking way to tell you. He's going to do whatever he can, and eventually he's going to get fucking pissed off and start doing shit like kicking, biting, and spitting. Of course he is, because he don't fucking know what else to do. He can't text you and be like, Dad, can you bring me up some juice? He ain't going to fucking do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, I mean, I, again, I, this is where I've, I, I, feel I'm, I feel I'm on the same page. Uh, on the right page. So I'm not trying to say that I'm right. I'm not trying to say that I have the, the answers or I'm some fucking parenting expert or anything like that. But like I said, having that time to sit there, and I think talk with my son from infancy, it's forged that connection where, because we were communicating from day one, we were able to sort of read each other's body language and work out where we were at. And, and so this is where I wanted to talk to you about my original thing about the zoo earlier was because that's the first time I really had to discipline him and follow through with it to, to, to teach him a lesson or, 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 or make a point, right? right? Because he's usually been pretty good that, oh, well, he's been great for the last few hours. We're past that. Not a big deal. Let's just go to the zoo anyway, you know? And so this was the, t- the point where I was like, okay, well, something's not sunk in. We need it to sink in. This is how I'm going to do it. Right. And, and it was all, again, through communication. Hey, man, we're not going because of this, 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 and this. Yeah. And yeah. He, sure, he gets frustrated still. And he, he, he still can't um, always explain what he's trying to talk about. But he can at least tell me, Dad, I'm frustrated right now. Okay, why are you frustrated? Let's let's talk about this and we'll see if we can work out how we can help you. Yeah. And that's where the hot and cold criticism thing comes in, even at school. Like when I tell kids they are like, all right, well, you're not critiquing the poet, right? You're critiquing the poem. So you'd be like, I really like this. But if it was me, I would have changed this. The poet could be like, okay, thanks. I'm not going to change it. But thanks for pointing it out. Right. So the way that I would handle it was similar to the way you handled be like, listen, you didn't listen. You fucked up. All right. So we're not going to go today. We are going to go on Wednesday and I'm not going to tell you we're never going to go because it's bullshit. Of course, I'm going to take you. But because of what happened and because you didn't handle it in the best way, right, because you didn't tell me what was up from the beginning today on Monday, we're not going to go. Instead, we did change it for Wednesday, but I want to see some change behavior before Wednesday and beyond. Because you're not just going to be like Santa Claus is watching that fucking bullshit. Like you're going to discipline your kid because there's a fat guy who comes once a year who gives gifts that you fucking gave. You're not going to do that. Be like, listen, the change behavior has to be an all day thing. Like you're not changing just for this thing. You're changing because not getting this is going to be more in the future. Now you might not get a job because your attitude. Now you might not get on the team because your attitude. Like everything is a long-term learning experience. So how you swing that is not, well, now we're not going to the zoo ever, but motherfucker, please. Like no one is ever going to say that to their kid. But you could be like, listen, we thought about it because of the lack of, because of the lack of communication and the way that you fucking zonked out about it. We're not going to go today. We are going to go on Wednesday, 
But that's because the consequence was not taking you today because you how you acted, not not taking you ever because that's bullshit. I would never do that to you. Absolutely. Well, dude, thank you so much for having this conversation with me, man, because, yeah, I've, I've, I've been trying to find someone to talk to about it for a while. But like I said, it could be such a touchy subject. Yeah. So many families do do things differently. I didn't want this to be like a this is how you should be doing it, but just to sort of have this conversation. See, now that's the thing. I can tell you and you could be like, okay, yeah, man, I understand that. Like, I'm going to tweak it with something I'm going to do. And that's the way that you take in criticism. The people are like, that's bullshit. I would never do that. I discipline my kid that way. Okay, then when that way doesn't work, what are you going to do? You're going to get mad at them? Because obviously whatever you're doing isn't working. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So you're not teaching the kid anything by disciplining him the same way all the time for every situation. If the kid wants juice and throws a tantrum, you give him something that has to do with that. If a kid fucks up and doesn't go on a trip, you got to hit him with what happened. You can't give him the same fucking punishment for everything because then the punishment, like you said, does not fit the crime. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Judge. You're a champion, dude. It's been so great to talk to you again, man. Thanks, man. Dude, it always goes so fucking fast. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the show. If you want to find out more about today's guest, just check out the links in the show notes. You can follow the podcast as well on social media at Not So Secret Dads Business or on our website, notsosecretdadsbusiness.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review the show. It helps more than you realize. Until next time, guys, be the best dad you can be.